0: Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, the sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. The Talking Tide Twitter feed, of course, is talking underscore Tide. You can get links to all our podcasts right there. Of course, you can get them wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, we're live on YouTube and Facebook as well. Thanks to, uh, Viewers and listeners for joining us here on this Wednesday nighter as we tackle a preview of the Alabama LSU game. Quick thanks to our sponsors locally, that would be North River Dental Associates and Peterbrook Chocolatier, and of course our corporate sponsor DraftKings. More on all of them later in the program. Travis, we jump right in with a look at Alabama LSU. Of course, we're coming off uh, a week off uh, in which you and I both did a little bit of traveling. Recharge the batteries a little bit as the Crimson Tide was idle last week. You went across the pond. Uh, I was in Columbus, Ohio last weekend, as a matter of fact, to, uh, to see the daughter's soccer game. Never been to Columbus before. So uh, you went a lot further than I did, for sure. Saw a lot more exciting things. But hopefully we both uh, got recharged enough for this uh, final four-game stretch of the regular season.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we both saw some soccer. I saw some footy. Over in uh, Fulham, sort of a section of London and uh, Premier League soccer, man. I got I to give it to those folks when it comes to the passion, good bread, You would have enjoyed it. Uh, they, they go hard in the pregame because, you know, with these Premier League teams over there, they're almost neighborhood teams, right? Whether right. it's Manchester U, Manchester City, Fulham. Uh, and they have the pubs. They're piled up in the pubs as if it were an sec town before a kickoff. Mm -hmm. Then you roar over to the stadium. Uh, you take in the match and then you're right back into the pubs. So. Yeah, a little bit of a cultural diversification for yours, truly. It looked like you had a, did you have a Buckeye donut? Did I see that correctly? Well, can you, can I, I get a review for that yes, For that yeah, donut?
0: It was outstanding really quickly. Yeah, we went to Columbus, Ohio. The daughter was actually playing. My daughter Elaine was actually playing a, a conference tournament soccer game in Findlay, Ohio, which is about an hour and a half outside of Columbus. But to get there, you fly into Columbus. So we went ahead and stayed in Columbus uh, there for uh, about a day and a half, I suppose. And yeah, Columbus, apparently, I'd never been to Columbus in my life, but apparently they fancy themselves the donut capital of the world or something. Cause there's a mom and pop donut shop. Mm-hmm. Se- seems like on every corner and uh, Buckeye donuts happens to be open 24, seven, seven days a week. Uh, they never close over there. And so speaking the life-
1: of pubs. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. So uh, the wife and I had a flight out of Columbus early on uh, Sunday morning, uh, decided to pop in there at about five before we headed to the airport, had me a Buckeye donut, peanut, big dollop of peanut butter right in the center of, that. A, of a chocolate glazed. And yeah, it was it was absolutely hard to beat for sure. Uh, you, you can't go, you just, you pretty much can't go wrong grabbing a, a donut anywhere up in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, moving on though, Travis LSU Alabama, of course, a huge game this week. The game in the SEC West, not quite the game in the SEC. We'll get to Tennessee, Georgia uh, on the back end of the program, but the Crimson Tide on the road in Tiger Stadium. Going to be a 6 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Uh, your thoughts, Travis, as both these teams come off an idle week, both teams healed up a little bit. Um, and Nick Saban noting in his news conference tonight that Bryce Young is really now just getting back to practice uh because uh in uh, although he's he's played and 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 played well against Tennessee and Mississippi State since that right shoulder injury against Arkansas uh, until this week he's really not practiced.
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest positive that we can basically assign a a definitive statement to um when it comes to the bye week, because last season, Alabama came off this bye week and it was anything but a, a dominant November. I would say, as you recall, scored just 20 points at home against LSU coming off that bye and up and down, had a poor performance on the road offensively at Auburn to cap the month, had a shootout with Arkansas and Tuscaloosa in the middle of all that. So we'll see from that perspective, but yeah, from a health standpoint i think this team very much needed it starting with bryce young and extending to some positions skill related on offense in addition to bryce young and then on the defensive side of the ball as well
0: lsu's defense uh, at least when it comes to stopping the run has been up and down especially early in the season i think pretty disappointing travis but they're you you gotta say their best performance of the year against the run comes right off of this Ole Miss game, right? They knock off the number one rushing team in the conference in Ole Miss, uh, held them, I think, to 20 points, uh, showed up well. And it's it's of note because Alabama's coming off its worst rushing performance probably against Mississippi State. Uh, Jameer Gibbs just 10 for 37, I think, on the ground against the Bulldogs. Uh, so where it starts, I think, for Alabama offensively, even though you know Bryce Young is going to throw the football a lot. Bryce Young is is the centerpiece of this offense. But to make things easier on Young on the road, you got to get Jameer Gibbs off to something better than 10 for 37.
1: You do, and it was a historically poor performance on the ground in this game a year ago in Tuscaloosa. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see if Gibbs and Jace McClellan don't look to have a little more spring in their step because I thought they too at the end of that eight game stretch to to start the season were showing some of the effects of that. So hopefully the rest and the recovery's been good for both those guys, but yeah, that offensive line needs to find some semblance of continuity and consistency. Darian Doddcourt in at center Seth McLaughlin in at center. They've had a little bit of a revolving door situation right there in the middle of the offensive line. And, you know, I think Nick Saban talked about it earlier in the week. Maybe some more diversity in how they run the ball, Chase, uh, to to help with some of that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and not only have we seen Dow Court and, and McLaughlin uh, in and out at that center position, but, of course, you still got that Strange thing going on at guard with Tyler Booker popping in at both guard spots and in the middle of games. That's that's something that that uh we've really never seen before, at least in the Nick Saban era, is, is a, uh, essentially a platoon on the offensive line. Uh, and it's been in place now, for, uh, not the whole season for but for most of the season. Uh, new offensive line coach, maybe behind that, Travis. Uh, but uh unusual for sure because because of course the offensive line traditionally is an area where you want to pick your best five get some cohesion and chemistry between them and just run with those five as much as possible
1: and remember there was a time when we were really more concerned far more concerned about offensive tackle remember that it seems yeah. like 10 years ago now um but one of the uh, consistent themes from nick saban has been a lack of consistency in the run game now you assign all that to the interior and some of the situations we're talking about? No, I don't think so because I think every aspect of it, Alabama can be better. I think in terms of even edge blocking perimeter blocking, including the tight ends and the wide receivers in that they haven't been as good as they need to be at times, but it has been interesting to say the least with Eric Wolford in his first season overseeing that offensive line. Um, I think there's there's positives to it you're You're happy that a guy like Tyler Booker is a true freshman has apparently shown enough that he is considered to be essentially a starter. but typically in this day and age you if you like a guy, you go with him right um so that that has been an interesting It almost feels like the old days of the messenger guards in football where you would run guards in and out with the play call, <laughs> right. you know. Uh, going way, way back for some of the leatherheads out there. All
0: right, defensively for Alabama, we'll switch to that side of the ball now. Travis, obviously a huge matchup is going to be the pass rushers, Will Anderson Jr. and Dallas Turner, against a couple of freshman offensive tackles for LSU. Nick Saban brought them up uh, as uh, two guys that have improved quite a bit. One of them, of course, Will Campbell on the left side, Emory Jones on the right Uh, Jaden Daniels, just to be, uh, just in full disclosure, he's, he's been sacked more than any quarterback in the SEC. He's been sacked 25 times. Uh, that's even more than Will Levis, who I think is, is pretty close to 25. Uh, so pass protection protection has certainly been an issue for LSU, but they only gave up one sack in a big win over Florida, uh, which I guess was three weeks ago. Uh, Ole Miss got to Daniels. Four times, Uh, but those those tackles for LSU at this point in the season they've settled in. And as you and I have talked about before, once you reach November, uh, freshmen who have been starting all year really aren't freshmen anymore, are they?
1: They're not. And and here's the thing too with Daniels, if you don't sack him, he can be a real problem. And we heard Nick Saban talk about that really throughout the week and. Um, you know, this is a guy who leads the SEC and runs of 10 yards or more right now as a quarterback. So that does speak to his ability to evade the pass rush and also what they do with him on zone read and quarterback design runs. So his legs a big, big part of the storyline for Saturday night. And I think I think half of roughly half of LSU's runs of 10 yards or more have come from Jaden Daniels. He leads them in carries by more than, I think, twice his next nearest guy, or right around twice, anyway. I think it's 114 carries for him, 66 for Josh Williams, the running back, something like that. So uh, this is a guy who's going to have the ball in his hands on just about every play, obviously, but I'm talking about in terms of run, throw. uh, He's the guy you got to account for.
0: You got to count for them. It's a little bit more difficult too. When you like to play as much man defense in the secondary as Alabama does, you can't spy on them with those DVs because their eyes are on uh, their matchups uh, among the receiving targets. And so, you know, maybe you spy a linebacker on them, but yeah, even when you do that, sometimes you can miss that open field tackle and a guy like Jaden Daniels can be off to the races. And so, Uh, It's probably one of those games where we'll see Alabama's defensive line uh, maybe try to be a little bit more under control and a little bit more disciplined and and keeping him in the pocket and uh, to the best of their ability, uh, shrink the pocket without giving them a wide open lane to to run through and take off.
1: Yeah, whether it's a linebacker or safety, it's a tough ask. This guy – He's not going to run through people, but certainly in the open field, uh, it can be problematic for your linebackers, whether that's Henry Toa Toa or maybe it's Jalen Moody this week. Maybe it's Deontay Lawson. That's one of the questions we'll have going into the game, I think, at that weak side position, because unlike Mississippi State, it's going to be more of a nickel game. It's not going to be as much of a dime game. So even with some of these defensive linemen who were out for Mississippi State, D.J. Dale, Jaheem Otis, um, you're going to play more with two defensive linemen throughout the game, and you're going to play more with a weak side linebacker on the field too.
0: Yeah, Dale, Otis, and Lawson, none of them played against Mississippi State. Saban confirming earlier this week that Dale and Otis are back at practice. Uh, so you would assume uh, that we'll see at least one, if not both of them uh, for Alabama on Saturday in Baton Rouge, uh, not altogether clear what the situation with Lawson is or whether he'll be back. Perhaps, uh, perhaps Saban will catch that question on his Thursday night radio show, uh, but big for Alabama, Travis, to get Dale and Otis back. Those two guys, particularly Otis, uh, who, who's done a remarkable job as a freshman uh, the, the, the that's that's uh that's a difference making tandem i think and, and you, you can't you, you don't want to be sitting third string at any position uh but in the middle of the defensive line you you can't be soft in there
1: no and they don't have a war daddy per se in that group you know they don't have a deron Payne um you know or or quinnen williams right now uh, but this is a game where you, you need as many of those types as you can get. They can still get away with certainly Byron Young playing more inside and Tim Smith playing inside in the nickel. Uh, but Otis is is a guy who can not only make some plays time to time, he can he can defend your inside linebackers from blocks probably more so than anybody they've got right now Mm -hmm. so that would be nice to have him especially when you're also dealing with the quarterback aspect of the run game
0: no doubt about it holding uh holding down penalties obviously also going to be big for alabama one of the things i wrote in the tuscaloosa news on monday uh got into the difference between alabama's penalty issues on the road versus at home they really haven't been all that bad penalty wise at home they've just been downright awful on the road uh, averaging 14 flags a game through three road games so far can't do that again in baton rouge
1: you can't and so you know you're going to think about the offensive side of the ball again but you know pass interference certainly comes into play uh, as we saw at tennessee and Uh, Interesting from that perspective because it looks like you're going to have a a different corner in there with Eli Ricks opposite Kool-Aid McKinstry, and it kind of goes back to the scenario you talked about earlier. How much man coverage are you going to play against these capable LSU receivers? I don't think Eli Ricks is in the lineup to play zone myself. I think you put him in there because you feel like you can stick him on some guys and he can take care of them from a man-to-man perspective, but I'm sure they're going to want to mix it up some. They're not going to want to just be man the entire game, but uh, that's going to be something to keep an eye on as well, and the pre-snap penalties on offense. J.C. Latham has played better and better each week, it seems like, but you know, he has had his struggles on the road with the false start. So how does the freshman, or excuse me, the sophomore, his first year as a starter, you know, how does he deal with that Saturday night and what's expected to be a – a raucous environment.
0: Ticket man, Travis. The get-in price for this Alabama LSU game is roughly one hundred and twenty-five bucks up in the uh, upper reaches of Tiger Stadium. Uh, it runs up to about thirteen fifty for the primo seats. I did come across one guy on StubHub, Travis. He stamped a twenty-two hundred dollars twenty twenty-two fifty. He wants uh, for. A ticket, I think, on uh, around road 50, right on the 50-yard line.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's about $1,000 more than everybody else was asking in, this, in, the, in the same section. But, hey, uh, take your shot, right?
1: Take your shot. Uh, he must uh, not really want to sell that ticket, though, Yeah, is yeah. all I can think. But, you know, weather could play a role in this, too, because the forecast for Saturday into Sunday in Baton Rouge – I uh, didn't look all that good. It is just Wednesday evening as we do this, so we'll see how the next couple of days go.
0: Reminds me of that guy that uh, that you came across when Jason Isbell had his reunion with the Drive By Truckers in Florence, Alabama, and somebody online was trying to was trying to uh, put the screws to the fan base for uh, I don't remember what the price was, maybe four or five times what anybody else was asking, right?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, there's always that that guy or that gal you know, that person out there and, uh, uh, you know, sometimes, but like you said, shoot your shot. You never know, man. That.
0: You never know. All right. Alabama, a 12 and a half point favorite over LSU again, seems high. It's, it, it, it's more games than not. It seems like the spread is just a little bit too much. I don't know off the top of my head what Alabama's record against the spread this season is. I suspect it's under 500 because, uh, they've come in as heavy favorites in a lot of games and, and played some that have been kind of on the close side. Uh, this one for me, Travis, I think I like LSU plus 12 and a half at home. I like Alabama to win the game, uh, but I think LSU keeps this one tighter than that.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll take those points uh, in LSU. I, I'll take the points anyway. Uh, you're right. I mean, when you think about it, Tennessee, obviously Alabama does not cover on the road. On the road, it um Texas do not cover Uh A&M. covered late major work at Arkansas um it seems like this team has handled its business against uh, the lesser teams on the schedule right the Utah states and um some you know, of those man. situations Vanderbilt you know they they've they've covered but in situations like this it, it hasn't happened as much
0: Don't- I nearly gave out LSU plus 12 and a half this week, Travis, for the, for the weekly spread pick. I, I changed my mind last minute and ended up giving out Arkansas laying 13 and a half to the Liberty flames. I saw, I saw that. And and look, I know Liberty's played some good football this year. They, they, they hung right there with BYU that they've, they've played a couple of power fives as a matter of fact, and, and acquitted themselves pretty well. But I tell you, I was on the sideline for in a different jobs when I worked for NFL.com, but I was on the sideline for that Ole Miss Liberty game last year in Oxford. And I mean to tell you, it was like men and boys out there. I the mean, discrepancy in rosters. They, they yeah. did not belong on the field with Ole Miss whatsoever. And that was with Malik Willis at quarterback. Uh, and. I get it that uh, Ole Miss of 2021, certainly a better football team than Arkansas of 2022. Uh, But I just couldn't get that out of my mind, Travis. You you can't transform a roster uh, from one year to the next that much. I'm taking the Hogs against Liberty. I think that line's a little low.
1: Yeah, Hugh Freeze with a chance to really make a statement for the Flames. But I'm with you. I I would feel okay about uh arkansas in, in that scenario even though that that back end of that defense would keep me up a little bit maybe at night thinking about the potential for that back door that uh-huh. back door cover,
0: <laughs> shoestring cover
1: yes yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah all right uh gonna thank a couple of sponsors here on talking tide right now really quickly Going to start by telling you a little bit about North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley, that great bunch of dental hygienists over there at 1100 Fairfax Park, right off of Watermelon Road, well-trained staff doing all kinds of dentistry, the porcelain veneers, the cosmetic dentistry, pediatric dentistry, laser dentistry, endodontics, dentures, the always popular teeth whitening services, also doing Botox and Juvederm treatments to tighten up those facial features over at North River Dental Associates. They're going to get you in and out of the chair uh, in under an hour, in and out of the building, as a matter of fact, uh, in under an hour, typically on a routine cleaning. Uh, and the quality of work is just outstanding. I trust Dr. Jack with my teeth and my family's teeth. You should too. The phone number over there is 6 is 752-3506. Dial them up If you'd like to make an appointment or you can do it online, just go to NorthRiverDentist.com. It is North River Dental Associates.
1: I'm going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. In the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, there you see the staple. One of the staples of Peter Brook Chocolatier, a couple of them actually, those hand-dipped, daily hand-dipped chocolate strawberries, the chocolate-covered popcorn, the signature item there at Peterbrook Chocolatier still got all of those roll tide treats for you as they move throughout the football season at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa look the holiday season is here i've talked to you about it over the last several weeks still not too late to go ahead and get those christmas orders in right now at Peterbrook Chocolatier 205 7520211. Let that staff take care of that for you right now. It's Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North.
0: Finally, going to tell you all about our corporate sponsor, and that would be DraftKings. Hey, touchdowns are happening over at DraftKings. You want to get in on that action, they're an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and they've got some unbeatable offers right now. New customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. You just can't beat that. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, you got to use that promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. That'll help us out here at Talking Tide when you sign up. Again, it is promo code TPPN. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. So check them out. Once again, it is DraftKings. Travis. We'll jump around the SEC really quickly, as we always do, to close things out here on Talking Tide. Brian Harson out at Auburn, uh, a painfully long exit for him that really was signaled nine months ago. And uh, Auburn finally decides to pull the plug. President pulls the plug. Uh, They pick a new AD. Uh, same day pretty much or certainly same week and john cohen a tuscaloosa native as a matter of fact um but uh brian harson out travis and auburn uh looking for a new football coach carnell williams by the way uh the former outstanding auburn running back uh, has been named the interim coach so a new start down on the plains
1: yeah back around 10 years ago i don't think i'd have had cadillac williams on my uh in my uh, bingo card bingo card for Auburn football coaches at some point down the road. But hey, good for Caddy. Maybe he's gonna, you know, help inject some life into this team. I it's doubtful at this point, just not a good football team. And look, I think Brian Harson's a good coach. I think Brian Harson will have a opportunity to coach next year at the power five level, probably somewhere west of the Mississippi, which speaks to the sort of fit. That he was or wasn't at Auburn. And frankly, right now, who is a good fit at Auburn, right? Um, th- th- I know there's some lists out there, and folks feel pretty certain about some guys as slam dunk candidates, and maybe there are. Uh, but in terms of the attractiveness of that job, uh, given the situation involving the AD and now the head football coach, you know, John Cohen made a couple of football hires at Mississippi State. Joe Moorhead did not work out uh mike leach has been okay uh so it'll be interesting to see where this ends chase
0: yeah i think a couple of those candidates we're seeing floating around are are ridiculous i I think there's about a zero chance of auburn hiring lane kiffin Uh, i don't think you're going to see prime going to auburn i do think hugh freeze makes a good bit of sense for on a number of fronts i think he would like to get back into the sec i think auburn could afford him despite all the buyout money that they're having to pay, not only Harson, but of course they're, they're still paying uh, Gus Malzahn. Uh, They're, they're not too far removed from, from that buyout, Travis. I I think Hugh Freeze makes some sense. He's beaten Alabama a couple of times, by the way, Uh, to me, he's, and there's actually, there's a couple of betting sites out there, Travis, that have got a a board that you can bet on and, and pick the next Auburn coach and and Hugh Freeze is a slight favorite among some of those other candidates that I mentioned. Leopold from Kansas was on that list, I believe. Uh, but uh, to me, he's a pretty heavy favorite. I, I I think that if I had to, if I had to put my own money on it, it'd be on Hugh Freeze.
1: Yeah, that would make the most sense to me, with the exception of the the obvious issues that he had at Ole Miss, right? Um in a multitude of areas during the, the, uh, the, the finishing kick, I guess you could say of his tenure there in Oxford, but, I, I'm with you. I, you know, I think what Auburn's going to try to avoid obviously is a similar situation than the one it was just in mm-hmm. there. There are a lot of good football coaches out there, but it has to be someone specific, um, that can fit that, that place and you know I think you have to be a little bit different as long as Nick Saban's at Alabama you know if you think you're gonna just match up like for like with Alabama and even Georgia because you know that's the other side of this thing with Auburn too you're gonna see Georgia every year now we could see some changes to the SEC schedule at some point that maybe removes that from the situation but boy if you're gonna try to line up with Kirby and Nick right now schematically in, in a lot of ways. And then you're essentially saying, we've got to go out and recruit players of that same level. And that's where the, the trick doesn't work is as well. So, um, you know, I, I think you got to be a little bit different. And, and I do think Q freeze, even offensively brings something like what you saw with Gus and, you know, whatever you thought of Gus as a head coach and that offense um, he did have three wins, right, yeah. over Alabama Nick Saban during his time there.
0: Yeah, Hugh Freeze and Gus Malzahn are very tight, as a matter of fact. I, I've had a chance to talk to Freeze, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe a year ago it's been now, and he told me Malzahn was his best friend in the coaching business. So if there is something going on uh, with Auburn and Hugh Freeze, you could bet that that, uh, that conversation or two is, is going to be happening between freeze and malls on uh jimbo fisher meanwhile travis unfireable uh things get worse and worse in college station and and uh the boys are on the hook he's completely unfireable 86 million is what they would owe jimbo if they if they cut him loose after this year that's untenable even for that Texas money, I think.
1: They got a pretty big brass platoon out there, good <laughs> bread. And the boys don't mind filling it up.
0: <laughs> they gonna have to move so, up all right. Uh,
1: yeah, a couple times. You know, it's kinda like some of those uh Sundays at church when they pass that trade like three times, like it's a volleyball serve rotation yeah. or something going on. Yeah. Yeah, it might have to be the equivalent of that. But you know, yeah, we talked about pass
0: it. around is for the sisters yeah, of the poor. Yes, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: yes the different uh, initiatives you know that that it gets passed around for um we talked about it the last time here on the program i believe that the scenario of connor wigman getting in there at quarterback the five star freshman doing just enough to give uh there there's some fuel to let Jimbo have a full year with Wigman, and then we'll decide. He's got and a so, right. He's got a right. He's a real deal, man. I've said it all. I've, I've felt that way all along about the guy. And, you know, they did lose the game to Ole Miss, but Wigman certainly had his bright spots. And um, whether it's Jimbo or the next guy, that's a, that's a really nice piece there to build with I, I see some matt stafford when i watch connor Wigman a little bit you know a guy that's he's not afraid he's got the big arm uh when you talk about ripping it in the middle of the field he he makes some throws that that most freshmen are never gonna make
0: his ball comes in hot yes no doubt. You better, stafford uh, style. you better have your hands up if you're a wide receiver with uh wigman throwing it around all right we'll get to tennessee georgia now of course the ball's on the road Between the Hedges, Travis, it's a number one versus two matchup, at least in the AP poll. Uh, Your thoughts as uh, the Vols try to maintain this uh, phenomenal season under Josh Heupel uh, against Georgia. Uh, And really, the, the Tennessee offense versus the Georgia defense, that's the matchup people are excited about, right?
1: Oh, no doubt, and a tough one for Georgia in losing Nolan Smith on the edge there yep. for the remainder of the season, a first-round draft pick in all likelihood in next spring's NFL draft, and so you worry about that for the Bulldogs. I, I think it really comes down to uh, this shock shock, and awe uh, of the Tennessee offense, especially early in the game. Uh, I think it's critical for Tennessee to get off to another fast start on the road at Sanford Stadium. If Tennessee gets out to that 10 nothing, 14 nothing type of edge, I think they've got a very real chance of winning this game. If they don't, um then I think Georgia probably wins the game by 10 or more. I'm going to go with Georgia at home. Um I, uh, one of the, and you're right. I mean, absolutely. The, the marquee matchup is that Tennessee offense against the Georgia defense, but Tennessee's defense has been playing a little better of late. So, um, you know, that could end up being the, 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 the thing that surprises us most maybe about this game. I, I like the dogs at home. I don't know. What are you, what are you thinking? I like the dogs at home. I think the
0: spread's too big. Georgia's favorite eight and a half. Travis, that's too much for me, but I do think Georgia wins a tight one. Uh, You're right about Tennessee's defense; they've crept up now. I think they're about 25th in the country in terms of total yards allowed on the season. Georgia's defense is number two in the country. Uh, Georgia's only given up seven touchdowns all year. Yeah, Uh, so they're they're playing at a phenomenal level on that side.
1: Ain't played nobody, Paul.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, Oregon looks better and better though, man. That win,
0: doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oregon. Now, uh,
1: I, I don't, I don't assign much uh, to it because I, I'm, I'm looking at who Oregon's playing these days since that game. But it looks good on paper. It Looks better on paper, anyway.
0: Going to be a fun one, no doubt. It's going to be coming right before that Alabama LSU game. So pretty much uh, seven or eight hours on the couch, uh, without moving for a lot of folks on Saturday, huh?
1: Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's almost too warm though in the South still, man. It's not quite chilly weather. This is the perfect chilly Saturday coming up. And I don't think it's going to be, I guess you can eat chili whenever you want. Right. But, uh, it just be nicer if, if we knew it was going to be say, you know, mid fifties in Athens for that afternoon kickoff, maybe something in the same neighborhood for Alabama LSU at night at Death Valley, but uh don't like it's gonna happen that way.
0: Been pretty balmy so far in these first few couple days of uh November. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Certainly yeah. here uh in, in Tuscaloosa. Uh
1: I That's I what I liked I have... about Europe. you it was fall in Europe, bro. It the high every day was sixty-three or so. Mm-hmm. The leaves were either falling or had changed. Yeah, I had to go to damn Europe to get a real fall. So (laughs) so that that was a little bit of a an extreme there.
0: All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast for Travis Ryer of Bamaonline.com. I'm Chase Goodbread, the sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News and the co-host of Crimson Cover Television on WVUA 23. Be sure to join Travis and I on Sunday night when we recap Alabama's game on the road at LSU. Until then, we'll talk to you later.